And good morning. Welcome to yet another edition of the Northland Sports Page. It's Brian Prudhomme. It's Dave Cook. It is Saturday. Yes, I had to remind myself that it is Saturday because I will tell you that on Thanksgiving Day, it felt like a Saturday. I didn't have to go to work and I was spending time with family and I referred to Sunday as tomorrow many times. Now I can do that. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Dave Cook. Well, that's absolutely true because we went down to the cities on Wednesday night like we would any Friday, right? And so, yes, Thanksgiving, we're not doing a whole lot, felt exactly like a Saturday. Absolutely, it did. Very thankful to have the extra time off, though, a little long weekend. Very thankful for so many things. I certainly hope that people don't stop giving thanks after Thanksgiving. We need to remember to do it more often. We're going to do that today in a sports context today, too. Hey, one of the things that I do regularly, and you've been a recipient of it, is to write a gratitude letter. You know, say thanks to people that you know, um, because often during the year, I'm not going to say you take them for granted, but you kind of take people for granted. You do. And um, it's worthwhile putting together an email or a text or whatever and just acknowledging them, right? Just saying, I see what you do. Um, I don't always have the time to, to say thank you or whatnot. But I will tell you this, when you send it to me, you could say, I see what you do. Do you know why most of our listeners couldn't? Yes, because faces for radios. Well, that too. I was hoping for radios, not a visual medium, but you were very close. Very yes. close. I tried to give you the layup and you know, you are bad took, from in close, apparently. I, you tried to give me the layup and I took the little bunny from about six feet. Right. You Timberwolves did at least last night. They've been <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> until <laughs> last night. Tough loss at home to Sacramento. What do you think of the in-season tournament in terms of what it does to the courts? Oh, because yeah, the, courts the Target are- Center with its periwinkle look last night... I didn't hate it, didn't love it. It was just weird. There are some courts that it works for. Like, I th- I kind of think OKC's is okay because it's so over-the-top garish. Right. But I, I don't know. I mean, they're trying too hard. God bless the NBA for trying something. I mean, you got to give them all the credit in the world for that. I I don't I don't even know when it's a tournament game, when it's not. Like last night was a I was going to say game. I do, but that's because I'm nerdy enough to google it to figure it out. But you or had to the google score it. it does sense. tell us sometimes. It does. It does. Yes. Absolutely. So from the court to holding court, I was talking to you on the way here of how proud and thankful I was to be part of the community on Thursday yeah, because so let's talk about that, that deck Thanksgiving dinner that my goodness the crowds really show out for is an impressive event. I was part of it for the first time. I will be back. I was not partaking in the food per se. I was a greeter. I was the scarecrow. I was pointing every which direction of where people could go. And I really enjoyed it. You were flexing your muscles for your future career as a Walmart. Yeah, employee. nobody was impressed with my flexing. Um, so anyways, the uh, the thing about the event from our conversation is that I don't think, I mean, the community is aware of it. I don't think they understand it. Like, Someday we need to get Barbara from the College of St. Scholastica to come down because they're a big sponsor of it and just talk to us about what it means for St. Scholastica to be involved in it. I can only imagine how much time it takes to prepare for that day because all I saw was the day. And I was only there from 12 to 3. And most people were there at 6.30 in the morning who had been part of, you know, the roots of the idea. Super impressive. And, you know, we talk about giving thanks. Every patron there was almost overly thankful. I was impressed by that too. Yeah, and and that's the thing, you know, so many of us and I'll put myself in in this pile because really you and I just talked about it today, so I'm more aware of it than ever. We talk about, you know, being part of the community and making our community better and and so on and so forth. Well, this is one of those events that does that. And so more of us and me included, more of us need to get involved with this to to make our community better. 
Absolutely. And of course, the radio guys in us said, you know, it would be really fun to do a Northland sports page on Thanksgiving morning. An extended version. I don't know if we would uh, have the same brevity of tradition as, say, the Macy's Parade. But if Northland sports page on Thursday morning of Thanksgiving (laughs) became a thing, I, I would... I would be happy to be part of it. Brian, and this float brought to you by Hyundai. Kohler can, Hyundai brings you this float. <laughs> can you imagine you, this you and I being masters of ceremonies of a parade? No. Yeah, I can't either. It, it would be something, wouldn't it? We would be mocking people's attempt to princess wave. And it's Brian, elbow, elbow, wrist, 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 isn't it? And Brian, this band is wearing blue. I can tell that because I see And you'd be like, yes, it's Hibbing, Dave. And that's Hibbing's band. Or I would be like, Dave, we're on the radio. You better describe the colors. Nobody else can see it. <laughs> Painting a picture, that's the idea behind radio. We're going to do that with high school hockey today. It's our first play-by-play of the year. And it's at the right location, right? So it we is. Get to go, it's we at get our to favorite go to spot to do a game. Yep, we get to go to Proctor today, uh, start the season off there. John's going to sample some hot dogs uh, as he as he's want to do. Yes, and uh, and he wants to do. Yes. He talks about it weeks in advance. And so we get to we get to talk about a team and see a team that's you know starting to get ready to make make a move. They you put can, up nine goals last night. They scored nine times. Well, and that's something I want to talk to you about because um, AJ Riles committed this week to Lindenwood. Lindenwood, yes, and Lindenwood lost nine to three as well. It seems to me that Lindenwood needs a goaltender. AJ is going to the right spot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. So high school hockey on the boys' side is here. Marshall opened yesterday, got a victory. Duluth East was beaten in overtime. Proctor left no suspense to their game. 9 nothing sounds like a pretty good domination. Yeah, when you roll, you roll, right? You take your wins when you can, and, and they can put that one up on, the, up on the mantle. Absolutely. So not to have the pregame show now, but they're high school-age kids. Yeah. It's a holiday weekend. Do you make anything of a back-to-back are we going to see a fatigued Rails team? I doubt it. Well, I doubt it too, except for the fact they absolutely blew a team out, which is not something that they've done a lot of. So there's probably going to be, I mean, they're high school kids. There's probably going to be a little bit of, again, flexing because we did that. And today they're running right. into a different team. Rochester Lourdes will be the opponent today. That's two o'clock puck drop. And again, we'll have it right here on this station. First of the year, the three-headed monster that is Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, and the hot dog guy, John Carlson. The hot dog guy. But he's not a hot dog when it comes to hockey. He loves being I, part of it. I think we should we should do what we were talking about right before the show started. If there's somebody that wants to sponsor the hot dog talk, we will have hot dog talk uh, in between the first and second period. Well, there you go. That sounds like an intermission segment. It's it time does. for hot dog talk with John Carlson. We need a sponsor to so do it. So we're having an on-air production meeting Needing sponsors? We've got them here on the Northland Sports Page. Well, I think we should spend a little time on our sponsors yes, to start. All right. This is the holiday season. So, so Brian, let me know about uh, the story that you, again, told me in the car. I think we should start with Avenue 45 because Avenue 45 is, you know, one of those places that on the east end, it's just a, it's just something that everybody does. And tell me right. about your experience uh, the other day. Well, I got my hair cut on Tuesday afternoon, and I've been getting my hair cut at Avenue 45 for, I want to say, 10 years, probably more probably closer to 15. And I don't get very many compliments on my appearance very often for a multitude of reasons. And I agree with most of them, but this Thanksgiving weekend, I got more and more compliments on my hair because Carrie Erickson does a tremendous job. I don't have a lot of hair left, but if she can make me look good, I guarantee you she can make all of you look good. I feel like Vidal Sassoon. If you don't look good, we don't look good. But Avenue 45, heck of a job once again. Absolutely. Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort. No, if you want to look at uh, Bentleyville and you don't want to fight the crowds and you don't want to wander through it, which is a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. Um, what Wait a, a minute. better place than Pier what B? What parallel universe am I in? Did you just say 
Going through the crowds is a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. That is the opposite but of what I would hear you right, say. But that's this is Bentleyville is fun, right? Yes. This isn't just yes. another sporting event. I'm going tomorrow, hoping to time it perfectly, where there's maybe not a monstrosity of people. But the Vikings don't play tomorrow. I think a lot of people might have that idea. But if you just love the lights, I mean, is there a better spot than Pier B? No. There just no. really isn't. You can almost live in the moment uh, while you're not having to battle the crowds. Uh, Kohler to- Toyota and Kohler Hyundai comfort systems. Okay. Comfort systems. We use comfort systems this morning. Um, we have, and I played the uh, thing for you. Our our uh, f- our furnace sounds like a car right. without a starter. Before Dave goes any further, the first thing he said is he said, sorry, I'm early, but I had to get out of the house. We have a furnace situation. And he plays me the video off of his phone. And I'll tell you, when he first showed me the video until I really looked at it and I just heard the audio, I thought he was playing the skull chant because whatever your furnace was doing, didn't sound quite the right rhythm to be heating your house. Well, and I don't wake up, right? And that thing made me jump out of bed at about five in the morning. And so what did we do? We called Comfort Systems. And they, you know, it was a, it was too early for them to be wide open. But we got a we got an emergency guy. You know, he, uh, he we wanted to play the sound from him. He's like, hey, I'm just the dispatcher. I don't know anything about furnaces. But he got us to a furnace guy. And, and my expectation is the furnace guy is probably at our house right now. And that's the goal that Comfort Systems is, is that you're part of the city. You just make a phone call and stuff happens. Well, you know what else you could have done? You could have called Krauss Heating and Cooling as well. Right. Because well, my furnace is a Krauss product. But I don't think you call Krauss at, in the middle of the night, right? You get your furnace from Krauss. See, this is where we need better on-air production meetings. I was just trying to plug another one of our sponsors. Well, absolutely. Because if you're going to get a furnace, yes. why not go to Krauss and say, all right, listen, Dave's furnace is bugging out. We need a new one, right? Except we have this million-dollar boiler that the people that own the house beforehand left. Um, Mike Regan at Christian uh, Christensen Group Insurance, Brian, another one of our great sponsors. Uh, OAR Holdings, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, The Blackwoods Group. All right, Brian, you know, I love their location on London Road. Been to the one in Proctor. Probably going to spend a little bit more time at the one in Proctor now talking to some of the folks. I was going to say this afternoon we may be. Two Harbors uh, location, uh, the location downtown here at Blackwater, and of course Tavern on the Hill, uh, which is another one of my favorite haunts. But here's here's the thing they got going on right now. Uh, you can buy gift cards, right, for the holidays. What a right. great gift. But if you're going to do them, do them Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of this week because... Because if you buy 50, you get 20, um, and they're redeemable at every location. Right. So if you're a Blackwater's fan, but you have family members who are fans of the Tavern... Well, buy them a gift card for Tavern and take the 20 for yourself so you can spend some time downtown. Now, that's resourceful shopping. That I didn't is. think of that. But yes, bonus days at the Blackwoods locations for gift cards. And let's not forget, you were marveling at the delivery news that you received this morning as well. Right. Uh, so many people use DoorDash. Uh, Dana always makes me go pick stuff up. Um, did you know, Brian, that you can get delivery for $6 at Tavern? So if you order something from Tavern, you can have it delivered to your door by somebody who works for Tavern right. for six bucks. Now, you started that phrase with, did you know? The answer is yes. I did not know that until talking to morning. someone who uses delivery quite a bit, and especially at those locations. So absolutely, I did. Is that everybody? Because we no, can, use a, we can use a third hour just for our sponsors, absolutely but, but eventually not. we got to talk some sports yes, today. Yes, because we have to talk about Hoops Brewing. We're going to be talking to them in just a minute as well. Uh, but we're going to talk about the gift card sale he has and Arola Architecture Studio, who's our original, but um, neighborhood that app 
they were looking, somebody was looking for an architect, right? And then all these other, and I said, no, seriously, you need to check with Ryan Arola nice. at Arola Architecture Studio because he's the guy that's lived here his whole life. He's yes. the one that knows your location. He's the one that can come in and make a house, a dream house. Well, and that's great that you found that on the, what, the neighborhood, the next store app? Yes, the because one that's. It's Everybody nice yells to see. I was going to say it's nice to see somebody looking for recommendations or looking for legitimate help because I get alerts from that app all the time too, and they should just change the name of that app to "What are you mad about today?" Right now, we could do that with a lot of social media outlets for sure, but the next door app I feel like is the winner or at least the clubhouse leader in that department. But thankful for all of those opportunities. So much stuff this week for our sponsors. Right, thankful for our sponsors. Thankful for at least two hours on the radio again with all the deals going. We could use three. But what do you say we talk some sports? Let's do that. All right. So Minnesota sports, you and I are thankful for that because it's the livelihood of this show, livelihood of lots of conversations. But some would say it's difficult to be thankful for Minnesota sports because we don't win a lot. True. But we'll find stuff anyway. Oh, 100%. Because there's all kinds of things to be thankful for in our sports teams, even though sometimes they're frustrating. Who would you like to sometimes. start with? I'll let you guide the ship. All right. You be Will Steger. It's it's the winter season. You be Will Steger again today. So the one that popped into my head, and I, and I read a little bit about this on The Athletic the other day, but it's been, it's been painfully clear since the trade. I think we need to tie the Conleys together because okay. Tim Conley traded for Mike Conley. Yes. And since No Mike, relation, different spelling, since different Mike lots Conley of things. Since Mike Conley has been here as with the Timberwolves, yeah. they've been very, very good. Like he's, you know, we talk about it in different sports. You know what we really need is we need somebody to come and take these kids and lead. Well, guess what? <laughs> they found the guy to say, take that's the been kids Mike Conley. and lead. And so I am really thankful that they made – a trade that I wasn't particularly fond of when they made it. I'm like, really? You're bringing really? in a 35-year-old point guard? I suppose, because he probably figured it was a rental. Right. Well, a rental and a guy who's going to sit on the bench a lot. And uh, he hasn't. Not at all. He's right. been fantastic. So I'm thankful for that trade. Well, and how necessary has he turned out to be? Because depth at point guard is not something this team has. Right. Behind like, Mike Conley <laughs> is... Uh, shake, and Shake hasn't done much. Well, he's not much of a point guard. You True. can play him there. But slow who we plays point when, when he's out there, doesn't he? Right, and when the first half of your nickname is slow and you're a point guard in today's NBA, that's not a great thing. Now your method of ball can be effective at times, but I'm not real sure about that. That's a good one because I'll just piggyback off of it because what we're going to do is we're going to do current thankfuls and then we're going to do historical thankfuls as well because sometimes looking back is easier and better. Sometimes looking back is a nightmare. We'll see what we can come up with. But I just kind of big-pictured it because I said for the Wolves – I'm just thankful right now for relevance. Yeah. And I'm not talking about just the fact that they're one of the Western Conference's best, but they're not one of the worst. And that might be a losing mentality. That might be a low bar, but this is what, the 35th anniversary of the Timberwolves? How many of those 35 years have been, oh gosh, yeah, we have an NBA team, but don't tell anybody. At least 30. Um, but I want to say there was something that you did last week that I did uh, a year ago, and I think it says something. The text was simply, these Timberwolves are fun. Right. And that makes a big deal. Historically, uh, I'm going to say something that uh, against what I said a week or two ago when we were talking about uh, the Timberwolves and the, and the things that we liked and didn't like. Um, then I said I thought they brought Mussy in too early because he made them somewhat relevant when in their first year when they needed to be brutal, right? But I'm going to say I'm thankful historically for Mussy. Because he was able to I knew to you were going to say that. You did not. Sure I did. You have concepts you're married to. So do <laughs> I. Because um, he filled the Metrodome 
right? The Metrodome was full a lot, and they were well. And think about what that means. The Metrodome being full is fifty thousand people. Yeah, and and they don't so, get that in three NBA games now. And so much of that started with the fact that they had everybody's favorite coach, and so I think that. You know, we talked about relevance. Right. They were relevant then because of the razzle-dazzle that Mussy brought. I think there's plenty to that. I took the low-hanging fruit. Thank you for taking a shot on the high school kid. Because without Kevin Garnett, you want to talk relevance? This team is not only irrelevant, they're probably gone. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, we've talked about the threats to leave and how realistic the New Orleans Timberwolves was supposed to be. And we can talk about Glenn Taylor saving the day, and that's accurate. We've done it. But without Kevin Garnett... This Timberwolves team has been, you said, 35 seasons, 30 of them being bad. Well, that's probably too that's many little, because yeah. Kevin Garnett played longer than five years here. But outside of the Garnett years, you've probably got the last two, and that's it. If we do this in five years, are we going to be thankful for Laurie and Rodriguez, or are we going to put them on the on the naughty list? Boy, I'm not sure. I don't know either. I was going to say, <laughs> can we wait and see who Carl Anthony Towns ends up playing for? What happens to Anthony Edwards? Yep. You know, what kind of draft capital does Utah end up getting from much, the Rudy Gobert trade? How much trade? money are they going to spend? Because a lot this? of people are upset about the Gobert trade now because they think it's Herschel Walker-like. I understand that, but you can't be yet because Utah hasn't turned it into anything. Well, and, and If we falter and the Jazz are hoisting the O'Brien trophy regularly, now you're going to have a different tenor. Think about the only guy that's left. It's Kessler. Right, it's now, Kessler. It, right now it's Gobert versus Kessler. Right. And Kessler was pretty good last year. He's just a guy. Well, and if you think about it, that means the Timberwolves look fairly good for this trade because every piece that they gave the Jazz seemed to have gotten traded again. Yeah. So these were castaways. The Timberwolves were just the first to cast them away. Yeah. It's a draft. Pick and it seems hurts. odd when a team that's not very good is shedding themselves of NBA veterans. Yeah, it's a draft picks that hurt, no right. doubt. But we, but that's not how it seems we ever talk about this trade. It's look at all these guys we gave up. Yeah. All these guys aren't there except Kessler. Well, and is the depth of the NBA draft fading? Because if you don't pick in the top five, I haven't seen a lot of six through 10, much less 10 through 20, et cetera, that are super impactful. Now, somebody's going to call me out and go, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? Yeah, okay. That's like saying six round picks in the NFL aren't very good. And you go, Tom Brady. Okay, you got one. I got it. I think think it's because the NBA is set up so different. I think that the top five are the only ones that impact in their first year. Like you can train up, you can coach up a guy who's who's a you know a number fifteen pick and all like the Vassal kid from uh, San Antonio. His first couple of years, he was at best okay. Now he's going to be you know Tyrese Halliburton was traded because right. he was just okay, and now he is um, he might be the starting point guard for the Eastern Conference well, in the All Star game. The problem is that was supposed to be the downfall of the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings look pretty good right now. Yep. The Timberwolves and got served last night. They did. Absolutely. All right. So one down, three to go. We're going to do this for the big four major men's teams. Where are we going from Let's here? Let's get the wild out of the way. That's a good point. So currently, this is a reach. What do you got for what are you thankful for right now? Are we thankful that there's only so many games left? No, I, I am thankful for the deal that brought Brock Faber, and that is not a gopher thing. It isn't. It is because they have one young defender who looks like he belongs in the NHL. Because everybody else right now is aging out, and Brodeen looks like a shell. And when Middleton is your leading scorer, five on five, like things are bad in the cupboard. Right. But the only guy who looks like he has a future is is Faber, and they had to make a really difficult trade uh, to secure him. And so I'm glad for that trade. 
Okay, so for those of you keeping score at home, Dave Cook has brought up Bill Musselman and Brock Faber. This is not a best of the best show. We are live here on November 25th. I promised that it wasn't because he was a gopher. No, I'm not saying it's a bad poll. I'm just giving you grief because the shoe fit very, very well. I'm thankful for, and you just said if we do this in five years, are we going to say the same thing? I hope that I can say this in two years because right now it's difficult to be thankful for much. I'm thankful for Bill Guerin. Yes. Because the cupboard is not looking great. But the guy that seems to be able to look in the cupboard and find the ingredients to give you something is Bill Guerin. But he's got to prove it, too, because we've got a short amount of time left with this salary cap hell that they're in. And we've all said, well, when this gets better financially, this team will get better. I don't know how many people are still hanging on to that or how many people are at least skeptical going, okay, prove it. How many? It feels like Bill Guerin's the guy that could prove it. How many people, though, changed their attitude on, on Bill Guerin? Not completely, right? Nobody said, okay, he's lousy. With the re-signing of the three free agents. But that's the thing, though, too. They extended a bunch of old guys, and that didn't make a ton of sense to me. One-year extensions to yes, get through 100%. the salary cap situation made a lot of sense. Because Topher Davis said it a couple weeks ago. The Wild want to compete now, knowing they're rebuilding at the same time. So I understood part of that. The length of time they gave these players, you're going to have players pushing 40 or at 40 still on this team. Now, in Bill, we trust, and I wonder if it's going to be trade ship at some point and the finances work themselves out. But I'm thankful for him. I'm also thankful for him because I think it keeps the wild relevant right now. I know this state loves the sport. And we'll bring it up later whether this fan base will ever truly check out if they continue to be lousy. But this state gravitates towards big names in the sport. Doesn't matter if they're on your team, on the opponent, in the front office. We've got Bill Guerin. Still sounds like a big deal. Well, and and I think historically, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it was the GM that lasted like six months because he was an awful guy. But um, what was that guy's name? Paul Fenton. Yes. Um, I'm going to say historically, we can say... I gave you five seconds Paul, to see if you'd get there this Paul time. Paul Fenton, because he made a couple of really uh, what turned out to be excellent deals, uh, even though when he made them, we kind of laughed because of the lizard stick and Fiala was going to be a game breaker. And right. it was like, all right, so Fiala's played, he got a cup of coffee, and Zuccarello's hurt all the time. But you know who was right? He was. Yeah. Because Fiala say, Paul turned Fenton was into a terrible a, person, and then we lived off some of his transactions for a few years. 100%. I mean, Zuccarello has turned into the reason that uh, Kaprizov got so I almost said Kirilov, Kaprizov uh, got so good so fast. I mean, he's one of the biggest reasons. And then, you know, Fiala was the guy for a couple of years. He was a game breaker. And so uh, he helped turn the franchise a little bit and gave one to Bill Guerin that had some stars. I agree with you. So historically, I tried to cheat and kind of pick two. I did a Panera style. You picked two. But I had them on the same team because in the early goings of an expansion team, whether you're good or not, you need something or somebody that fans can cling to. Of Well, I'm going to go watch them or I'm going to be interested in them because of X. For me, it's Jacques Lemaire. You don't get much better cup cred yep. than that. And then Marion Gabrick because a team needs a superstar right away. And he didn't come in as a superstar established somewhere. But he came in as the kid who had potential and kind of maximized it quickly. Now, I know, again, this state loves this sport. And I've joked that this sport can do no wrong. And that'll come up again today, I promise you. But to get interest right away, you needed something credible and you got it. And you talked about it with Mike Conley. They've got kids. Somebody needs to come in and mix this together and see if we can get out of it. 
Jacques Lemaire was perfect for that. Yeah, that's that's very true. He was also um, a little muscleman in that he made them relevant just on his strategies and how he played right. defense and stuff. So they never they were ne- they've never been bad. Well, I'm proud of you for going off good. script and not mentioning Thomas Vanek once. I just assumed he <laughs> worked his nice, way into the conversation. Nice. Um, so let's go baseball since the Vikings are playing. Okay. And by the way, that means we're doing the Vikings last because somebody who just heard that sentence and said, let's do baseball because the Vikings are playing. are going, is he a big North Branch fan? What is what is happening? Uh, He's doing nice. baseball so we can do football last. Yes. I speak enough, Dave let's Cook. do the Twins. All right, the Twins. What are you currently thankful for now? I am currently thankful. Which is from the Department of Redundancy Department. What are you currently thankful for now in yes. this moment, right I, as we speak? I am <laughs> thankful for uh, Mr. Johnson, the draft uh, guy for the Twins, because you know what? The only reason they're able to survive the injuries the last two years is because the farm system's been pretty darn right. good. So this segment isn't going to be any fun because I'm thankful for the same thing. Oh, it's, shush. Then well, I'll it's start the, something else. It's not the same guy, but it's the same concept. So we can just discuss this together. Because we all know that Pitchfork Nation got ready because the only thing you're reading about the Twins right now is cutting payroll, cutting payroll, Sonny Gray is Thank leaving, you, et cetera. Right. There's reasons behind it, but nobody wants to hear that. It's it's not cheap bleep bally. It's cheap bleep pull ads. But they're going to survive this because of the kids that are there. Yeah. So I didn't go as individualistic as you did with Mr. Johnson, but it's the concept. I remember his first name. And, and you're thankful it's Johnson for a last name. Yeah. For all we know, it's not. Nobody Google it. But... <laughs> At the same time, they're going to survive this because of the Julians, because of Royce Lewis, because of Brooks Lee. They're not going to add big names. They don't need to. Right. And and even Austin Martin, who can play defensive center I hope, field. I hope. Um, but he's going to come in for no wage, right? And if you, I think there's a better 50-50 chance that they trade Polanco, which means you get Or Julian, Kepler or both. Or both. Because you've got Matt Walner I, in there somewhere. For some reason, they love Kepler. Um, and the he, second half of the season is why. The first correct. half of the season is why the fans feel the way we they do. We were going to start a line that was the Geno Smith line. Right. They were good one year, and so you paid them, and then they go back to being Geno Smith. So right. I'm expecting Max Kepler to be the but guy Max in the last But Max didn't even do years. the full year this time. He said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll split my season in two, and Charles Dickens it for you, and you decide what you want. <laughs> Best of times, worst of times. But they've got enough kids coming up that their payroll can be um, handled a little bit. Because they're going to have a whole lot of guys making minimums. All right. So historically, you're thankful for what? This is interesting because we're baseball historians. You go back further than me simply because you're 11 years older than me. But what are you historically (laughs) thankful for for this team? Uh, Historically, I am thankful for the fact they have always been able to generate hitting. They've always had a minor league system that generates people that can hit. Um, What they've never been able to do is generate pitchers. Um, But... Uh, they've always been relevant because they can swing the bats. Well, and they've decided to care about pitching now, too, because that's one I thought you were going to take. That, hey, going into this year, we don't have a rotation that's automatically going to stink. Well, that's true, and it's and it's also part of the first part of what I was saying because Louis Farland's part of the thing now. Obert's part of the thing now. Uh, Simeon's Richardson is probably going to be involved at some point, and, right. be, and those are all kids. Also, Simeon Woods Richardson, but I got you. Yes, yes, exactly. Ah, for, I, sometimes I can't see the forest through the trees, Brian. That's all right. That's all right. So historically, I took a low-hanging fruit, but I don't know how you take anything around it because I'm just thankful for 1987 and 1991. I told somebody working a basketball game at East the other day who was a big Twins fan, but he's a lot younger than me and wasn't here in 87 and 91. And he said, I like to make fun of the White Sox, but I can't because they've got a World Series this decade, whatever. And that's not correct. But this century, I think, is probably what he said. And I said, yeah, but the Twins have two. And he goes, I didn't see him. And I went, oh, yeah, I forget now how old I am that there are people that don't realize 
that that happened, but the Minnesota Twins obviously won the World Series twice before I was 12, and I thought it was the easiest thing in the world to do. They won it when I was eight, and they won it again when I was 12. I thought this was just going to be like the Olympics. We were just going to pop up every four years. Well, they haven't done it since, but in the grand scheme of Minnesota sports, they've taught me that winning actually is possible, and it has happened here before, and whether it's fair or not, we talk about the you know, unconditional love that the wild get. I always, and I don't think I'm alone here, always put the twins on a different pedestal because they've gotten it done before. So they can fail you. They can be cheap. They can make dumb decisions. And you go, well, their trophy case isn't empty. I'm good with it. Yeah. And and they're the other team that's been horrible and then pretty good. And so they end up with better players in the system because they're drafting third and they're not drafted 15th all the time. Well, and they gave us reasons to name our dogs. They've had some impactful Absolutely. players. Absolutely. So let's let's uh, go on the Vikings. I know we don't have a ton of time. I was going to say, we're technically behind schedule already, so how Imagine. fast can we whip through the Vikings? Well, that's because, you know, our sponsors deserve their own segments now. They, There's a lot going on for the holidays. Specifically today, absolutely. Um, right now, I am thankful for the head coach because I think the head coach is the glue that's keeping this conglomeration of stuff together. All right, so I'll be different just to be different because I completely agree with you, but I'll stay on the staff. I'm grateful for the defensive coordinator because for the first time in forever, we don't wince when we don't have the ball. Well, and and you can use the sentence that has Shinola in it. Yes. Because uh, he is making, making, uh, well, there's all kinds of sentences that mean he's got a lot of iffy players and he's turning it into something really nice. Absolutely correct because the ultimate naysayers who even like Flores are saying, well, just imagine what this guy could do if they had real personnel. You're not wrong, but I'll tell you what, we may not have real personnel, but he's making them look that way. We also may not have that defensive coordinator very long. So Brian Flores, uh, whatever it takes to get you to stay, let me know. I'll do whatever I can. Let's do that. What about Um, historically? So I've been thinking about this a couple couple different ways. One is stability, um, and the other one is... The, now this is because they haven't drafted a quarterback with a darn except for except for Dante, but the ability to locate quarterbacks who have just enough left to keep us. I was going to say, are we, are we thankful for the backup quarterback? Whether it was no, Randall Cunningham, I'm, Jeff George, uh, Josh Dobbs, right now, Case Keenum. How about Warren Sam Moon? Bradford on an emergency yep, moment? Sam Bradford was one of them. Warren Moon, Jim McMahon. Yes, those. Uh, now I'm not putting Donovan McNabb in there because he was a complete failure. No, but we've it always was Donovan McFlab by the time we got him. We've always been able to find a quarterback with just enough juice left to give us a hope to win. Brett Favre, you know, we've just been always been able to do that. Don't you remember when we loved Todd Bauman? I do remember when we loved Todd. About the only time it didn't work was when we tried to turn to a bunch of backup quarterbacks in the same season. We had success with Gus Farratt behind T-Jack, but then there was the year where we went Bollinger, Kelly Holcomb, yeah. and whoever else, and but it was that, just bad. But we've all, we've always been, now granted there's time, so we've always had the ability to find a guy, right, and who can play at a high level. And that's just seems to be the Vikings' way because they can't draft him. All right, so my answer might open Pandora's box or the yes. chicken or the egg because who makes the player? Does the quarterback make the wide receiver or does the wide receiver make the quarterback? Because I'm thankful for the wide receiver position both during and before my lifetime. Because you think of Ahmad Rashad. You think of Sammy White. You think of Anthony Carter. You think of Chris Carter. You think of Randy Moss. You think of Stephon Diggs. Percy. You think of Adam Thielen. You think of Percy Harvin. And you think of Mr. Jefferson. That's a That's long stretch of a litany talent. of wow. being very, very blessed at the yep. wide receiver position. What is there? Maybe two or three years when we were struggling. Right. With just guys. 
I mean, I'm trying to think of when your leading wide receiver was a no name. There may have been a time where Bobby was, Wade led him. Yep. And then there was Now you can year. honestly say that Brett Favre probably made Sidney Rice. Right. But, but Percy was that good, like the, you said. The year that they drafted Diggs when they got the guy from Greg Jennings. I mean, right. he was just a guy. Mike at Wallace. That point. Who I'd rather have sixty minutes, Mike Wallace. Yep. So Because he didn't play well for but sixty think minutes. About that. That's about Five years in the entire history of the Vikings that their wide receiver position has been iffy. But did we that's do that really wrong? Good. Because nationally, this team is known for, oh, yeah, that's the Purple People Eaters, and the Vikings have been a defensive stalwart wide, yeah, team. Wide receiver, we you. didn't bring it up once. We brought up the quarterback, castaway, working out, mm-hmm. and the wide receivers. Yeah, I think that, honestly, until last year, we did kind of take the defense for granted because it's pretty much always been good. It has been, except for the Ed Donatel era and the dismissal of the Mike Zimmer era. And, and the last couple less, of years there were a little weak. And Les's last year was pretty tough. Right. If you had anybody named Les, the Vikings did a lot less. Les Steckel, Leslie Frazier, rather forgettable eras. Yep. But we'll never forget the things that we're thankful for. One of them is also Dave Hoops. He's right around the corner. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is the Northland Sports Page. It seems like our next guest can never rate to get back on the road again either right. because... At the rate that he travels, he's on the road pretty constant. That is Dave Hoops. I don't even know if I should call him a guest. He's just a staple in what we do here on the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Dave Hoops is coming up next. He's en route to Huntington Bank Stadium. Big rivalry today. Gophers and Badgers, you've already said Gophers win today because that's what PJ does. Can be as down on him as you want, but he'll get that game done for you. Yeah, and and you remember when he got here, we were like, all they got to do is beat Wisconsin. Well, he's been pretty good at beating Wisconsin. I was going to say, that message got received. It's everybody else we worry about. Yeah, so let's take a second to acknowledge our uh, sponsors again, Brian. Let's start with OAR Holdings. Krauss Heating and Cooling, your carrier, HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza. The Blackwoods Group, including their location at London Road. In Proctor, on Into Harbors, at Blackwater Downtown, Tavern on the Hill, and remember their gift card special. Buy 50, get 20, and it's redeemable Do at it all this locations. Week, Monday, and, Tuesday, Wednesday. And again, the amazing part, you can get delivery for 6 bucks. That's just, to me, is bizarre. And remember, like, with the gift cards, you can do it in person. You can also do it online. Perfect. Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, Comfort Systems. Thank you, Comfort Systems. You're at my house right now. Uh, taking care of taking care of something that the cooks need taken care of. Um, Mike Regan at Christensen Group Insurance, Arola Architecture Studio, and our next guest. Our next guest is Dave Hoops of Hoops Brewing, and Hoops Brewing has some gift card specials as well. It's that time of year. At Hoops, get a free $25 gift card for every $100 in gift cards purchased, and same can be said for every $50 in gift cards purchased, you get a free $10. So, Dave's already said, shoppers, be resourceful. Do that 100, do that 50, keep the bonus card for yourself. 100%. I will tell you this, anybody looking for last-minute gift ideas for me, Dave Hoops will argue I don't need them, but a Hoops gift card, I'll take it, certainly. So on the road with Dave Hoops, en route to the cities for the big game today. Good morning, sir. Uh, Good morning, guys. Happy post-Thanksgiving wishes to you both and your families. And to you as well. This is one of my favorite weekends of the year because Thanksgiving is just fun. It's food, family, and football, three things I can always get behind. Plus, it's the start of the high school hockey season on the boys' side. That's fun, too. So this is a great weekend, and it sounds like you guys are going to enjoy it today. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. You know, as Dave mentioned, he didn't mention that they don't make a bowl game if they don't win today that's correct the, well they do we'll just Badgers. 2,000 flushes will be the bowl game that the Gophers <laughs> make if they lose today <laughs> yeah Badgers are already in so there might be more motivation on the Gophers side and we've got you know we've got of course Finn Hoops 
going. There's the Badger, and we've got Anna Richards, his lady, who's a gopher, and families. So from here, I will be racing downtown to get on with that. All right, so my curiosity is, where are you on this? You've got a son who's cheering for Big Red today, and you've got a tie in your vehicle, it sounded like, with one of each. You get to be the uh, vice president and break the tie. Where do you lie in this one? Well, until May of this year, I'm a Badgers fan, and then I won't care anymore. Um, so right now, um, you know, I, I'd still root for the Badgers. Um, although I do vote for, I, I always root for Gophers sports except hockey. Sorry, Dave. Um, so today I'm kind of rooting quietly for the Gophers. Um, I don't share that attitude about uh, the Ducks because I was a fan well before Daisy Hoop was, was born. Right. So I'll be a Ducks fan forever. I was going to say, but that yeah, one's today, elongated. Yeah. Can, can I yep. say today, we should be thankful for Dave because this is great. Yeah, well, today it's go Gophers and make a nice, uh, you know, bowl game to watch later. That's my my motivation. I think that's the clincher for anybody who's going to be on the fence with this, which is not me. It's always Minnesota over Wisconsin, pretty much except for college men's hockey, because I don't care if either of those teams ever win a game, Minnesota or Wisconsin. But when it comes to needing it for a bowl, the Gophers really, really need this one. Well, and how about this? If they don't make a, a bowl, the stupid uh, college football rules, uh, that whole team might hit the portal if they don't make a bowl. Well, that or there's still a route to a bowl because five and seven teams might be able to do it. <laughs> right. Don't forget, you, you just get invited. Before bowl. Right. You just get invited. They don't always accept bowl invites. Somebody five and seven could get there. I hope the Gophers don't have to worry about that. And I hope they don't accept it if they are. Absolutely. So hopefully a good time today. I would say for late November, weather-wise, you're going to be chilly, but we've had uh, Thanksgiving weekends that have been a lot worse than this in Mother Nature's eyes, wouldn't you say, Dave Hoops? Oh, yeah. We're dressed for it. It's not going to be a problem. and um, It's kind of fun because we're going to pregame down in Dinkytown with all the college kids, which should be interesting. Yeah, good stuff. Should be a fun day. My niece is a senior on the dance team, so she is partaking in her last home football game, so Big moment for my family as well. Big moments down at the brewery because we've talked for weeks now because for one beer that I love, Cherry Ale, the countdown's still going. December 9th is the big day for that. But otherwise, you had a couple of big ones out, and I went down uh, Wednesday night and partook in each of them. Cranfest is delicious, and I tried the Blueberry Pale Ale. That was very good as well. You've got the goods when it comes to uh, holiday beers, don't you? Oh, we sure do. And, you know, it was great last night because I have a policy that is um, Thanksgiving evening. The Christmas decorations are up at home and at work. And we had a great night last night of uh, folks coming in after their meals. And it's beautiful in there. And then, of course, today in an hour, we start the Maker's Markets um, with all the great beer and the festivities. And it's just uh, beginning to look a lot like Christmas kind of a deal. Well, right it is because if you course. can believe it, Christmas is one month from today. Today is the 25th of November. And you talked about the decor, both at home and at work. I do have to say there were people when I was in there Wednesday night taking photos of your Christmas trees in the brewery. You've got a couple of them and they are really a sight to behold. They're gorgeous. Yeah, the folks over there at the farmer's market, the Hoff uh, Bowers, which they're legends in Christmasville, and uh, they take care of me every year, and I can't say enough great things about them and their trees. 
wholeheartedly agree. It's quite the ambiance at Hoops Brewing. Not only great beer, but a great festive holiday atmosphere as well. Well, and I just had to text Aaron to bring Grandma down to Hoops for the Maker's Market today then because she will like the Christmas and should love the idea of a make market. Well, um, let's not forget, we've been giving extra love to our sponsors today because the holiday season does that. Well, this is Small Business Saturday as well. Absolutely, It's the perfect day to support everybody locally. Hoops Brewing is a staple in our community, it's a staple on our show, and the staple in his segment is Dave Cook's Great Questions. All right, Dave, this is one I've been wanting to talk to you about for a while. Jim Harbaugh, what makes a great college coach versus what makes a great pro coach, and how did Jim Harbaugh become the head coach that can do both? He had your guy, your team, and now he's in Go Blue. So he's been successful. He's a little weird. What makes a guy who can be successful at both? Well, can I interject? Apparently, to be successful at Michigan, he cheats. But I digress. Go ahead, Dave. What do you have in San Francisco? It's a, it's a really good question, Dave. And obviously, he's got an intellect higher than, than many. And he's got a pedigree that uh, brings him to his, uh, his point in coaching. And he's a beauty. But what honestly, it's Pete Carroll. That's my benchmark for a great college coach and a great pro coach and just a great guy who everybody loves. And yeah, they got spanked and on Thursday, but he's a beauty. And I think that's, and he's also an old man who looks like he's 50, um, good living, good friends, good attitude, and just unbelievable coaching ability without necessarily having to cheat or at least get caught uh, at it. That's what I'm going to ask Brian about right now. So Harbaugh cheated in college. You know who else cheated in college? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Like right. Pete Carroll got stuff erased <laughs> from USC. Um, maybe that's the thing. Maybe in college you got to be a guy who thinks beyond the rules so you can go coach well in, in the pros. Well, I was going to say, is it just a matter of it's only cheating if you get caught? I mean, to be a good college coach, do you have to know the ultimate bending of the rules until somebody finds it out? Because let's face it, if you look at Gopher men's basketball win and loss records, Clem Haskins is really good. If you look at all the things that the NCAA wiped away, it's the Clem Haskins era in general. Now, I know you're asking about football, but it's interesting to me because I think those two things, now I'm not saying that college football coaches are going to make the jump and be better, but I think those two things are getting closer together because I think to be a good college coach, you have to have the right balance between authoritative enough, but also relatable enough. And you just said in our thankful segment that you're thankful for Kevin O'Connell. And I think you've got both of those. I don't think there's a question of who runs the ship for the Minnesota Vikings. But at the same time, we've talked about when you watch Kevin O'Connell mic'd up or you watch Kevin O'Connell get into the games, he's not that far removed from his playing days, although they didn't go very far. He's very relatable to today's generation as well. So the old NASCAR saying, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? I wonder if the fact that Harbaugh's willing to do whatever and push the boundaries translates to the NFL because his players know that he's willing to do whatever to win. Well, and why did Nick Saban not? Because Nick Saban is the college football genius. Nick Saban in the NFL was a laughingstock. So, Dave, here's the next question. I did a career fair the other day, uh, and I was talking to a, a young man who wasn't really interested in anything there. He said he wanted to become a brewer. So my question for you, and I've asked you what it takes to be a successful brewer in the past. I want to know what's the first sign as somebody who might train a brewer that maybe they should look for something else. And not be a brewer? Yes. Is that the question? Yes. Um, and, a, 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 and basically an aversion to extremely hard work would be the very the number one thing to 
consider something else. But also, if you don't like science and you're not oh. interested and, um, you know, everybody likes the art of brewing because the creativity is, runs the juices. But I had a hard time learning all this stuff I didn't know, chemistry and microbiology and such. Uh, you need that and you, you really have to like cleaning stuff. Otherwise, don't go there. All right, so I don't really get to contribute an answer to that because I have no idea what it takes to be a brewer, but the only thing I could say would be maybe a detriment to the idea is if he actually meant he wanted to play baseball in Milwaukee. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you could clean stuff there. <laughs> um, so my last question, and it kind of leads into the very first thing Brian said. Um, if I'm looking for a gift and I come down to hoops, what are some of the things that are there that um, I could use as a Christmas gift? Oh, thanks for asking. We've got these really cool um, new zip-up sweatshirts. I have trouble with sweatshirts and flannels because they have to be awesome and ballistic. And like Patagonia or some big name like that or Duluth Trading won't sell in bulk for us to sell. So we really source out really cool high-end stuff. We also, of course, have a whole bunch of trinkets. We're even selling um, salsa and jelly from the cherry supplier that provides oh, wow. that cherries for twelve twenty-five. Yep. And we've got hats, of course, in abundance. We've got scarves. We've got UMD, uh, you know, rugs. Well, uh, shawls, I guess, whatever, to wear over your legs at the games. Um, we've got a lot, plenty. Of course, Hydroflex to spare that you can put beer in. I'll just stop now. Lots. All right, Brian, what would you buy there to give? I was going to say don't stop because the amount of merch and the amount of ideas that Hoops Brewing has for merchandise is just incredible. And I still need to get my hooded sweatshirt. Dave, I've been talking to Jen about, you know, the right time of year, I'm going to come back and get one. And I need to do that. One of my favorite t-shirts is my Hoops Brewing t-shirt that right on the back of it, not the center of the back, but just below like the neck where everybody can see it unless you've got very long hair. The back of the t-shirt says you need a beer. And that's that's my favorite shirt that I have. You know, I think that's what I would give. Although you can't go wrong with the gift cards. And that usually goes against what shopping means to most people because if you've ever seen Jim Gaffigan do stand-up comedy, one of his favorite bits of mine is when you give somebody a gift card, he goes, hey, thanks, you got me an errand because somebody <laughs> has to go and you know basically buy things for themselves. But I'll tell you this, if you get a Hoops Brewing gift card, that errand is worth it because the beer is second to none and then the experience. I, I just love hanging out there. Judge me accordingly. Oh, thanks, Brian. You know, we put a lot of energy into being a community hang center, you know, a place that everybody's welcome from age zero to age 100 plus. Well, I was going to ask you about that because, uh, you know, hockey season is here and youth tournaments are going to start to shell out in droves. And it always fascinates me that, you know, you think of a brewery and you think of 21 plus for obvious reasons. But I've walked in on a Saturday afternoon after doing a game of some kind and the brewery's hopping and a lot of them are way under 21. Kids are having a blast there, too, aren't they? Best root beer in town. There you go. 100%. And we're filling up. You know, for many, many years, I was down here in the cities doing tournaments and meeting people and hanging out with other parents. And over the years, it became known that we were embracing the whole experience. And yes, go ahead, bring your kids in. Yes, hang out as a group of parents. And yes, you will be embraced and taken care of. And it's working for us. And it's really what we believe in. No question about that. Now, you've given us a litany of ideas over the segment after segment after segment you've done with us for several years. I have one idea for you. You know how pro sports teams and even some college sports teams have season ticket waiting lists? I think you need to do that for Cherry Ale. You've given us all the date that it comes out of December 9th. I think we need to put our names down to be like, hey, I get it first because this stuff's going to go quick, isn't it? 
It is. I would like to do a mug club, although I haven't found yes. the right way to do it, and they're difficult. But and that mug club would, of course, in you know, include like a a crawler or a growler of cherry every year, guaranteed. And I'm working on a way to do it. But you have a great idea there, and we'll have plenty of it. But it won't be around much after the new year. So there's that. You're right about it. Yeah, it is going to be a little different than the double batching last year. I think I was drinking cherry ale in March. I joked with your staff when I came down on Wednesday. I said, December 9th, about 4 o'clock, I'm going to come down and buy you guys out. I promise I won't, but I'll be tempted to. I know we covered a lot of it, but just touch on what is good down at the brewery again this weekend for Small Business Saturday. Well, besides the maker's markets, and there's going to be nice music during that time, too, of the holiday persuasion. But uh, Blueberry Pale Ale is um, a big hit. Um, we're put, coming out with Crystal Weissen and Smoked Hefeweizen, which is a really big fan favorite amongst a certain segment. That's all coming right now before the uh, release of Cherry. And, of course, we're going to be all about the Vikings tomorrow and all about, uh, I want to predict, that Dobbs. Uh, gets more yards on the ground than fields. And well, the, the don't forget, though, don't dominate. be all about them tomorrow because it's a Monday night game. Oh, I can't remember what day it is either. I'm sorry, but you know uh, what I'm This saying. weekend does that. <laughs> so you're predicting a victory. Yeah. One last prediction. Gophers or Badgers, who wins by how much? I'm going to say a 31-28 Gophers victory, although I hope nobody's listening. That um, Well, forget that I just said that. I hope lots of people are listening, but the people in the car – my in-laws, so to speak, are probably laughing right now. There so, you go. I love yeah, it. Go. <laughs> I'll tell you this. If the Gophers put up 31, my question will be how many defensive touchdowns did they <laughs> score because that offense can't seem to find 31 in two weeks. But maybe the good luck charm will be Dave Hoops in attendance. Have a blast today, my friend. Thank Have you fun, again. Dave. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you, with you next week. I appreciate it. 100%. That's our guy, Dave Hoops. We talk about thankfuls. He may headline that list for us. We're thankful to play buy or sell. We're going to do it when we come back. Stick around. We'll be right back. We know a good buy when we see one. Northland Sports page. Lots of people hopefully out making good buys today. Small business Saturday. Love to see local businesses thrive. We've been a big part of it today. That's That's been half the show it's, today. It's been fun, though, because, you know, you're right. Our sponsors are local, and our sponsors should get a little extra love today on, on local business uh, Saturday. And, you know, Dave and the folks at Hoops are pushing that with the Maker's Market. Well, not to mention without those sponsors, we don't have a show. And we've had one Ain't for the truth. over six years. We are the Northland Sports Page. We will talk a little sports for this segment. It's time to play buy or sell. Are you ready? I am. All right. If you're new to the game, first of all, where were you? Second of all, welcome. Here's how it works. I'm going to give a statement on each of the four major leagues. If you agree, you say buy and you tell me why. If you disagree, you say sell and you tell me why. Dave Cook has a couple of responsibilities. His piping hot takes per usual. But, of course, the order in which we play. Well, we're going to kind of do the reverse of what we did earlier. So let's start with the Vikes. All right. So we are starting with the NFL. I'm terrible at that because I always say the opposite. Earlier. I was going to say, by the way, the categories are each league, not yes. necessarily the teams that right. we have in them. Yes. Let's start with the NFL, Brian. But Dave Hoops will be proud of you because what he loves about Minnesota is we've got all these teams. Yes. He doesn't care if they lose. We've got them all. God I'll, bless him. I'll them. work on this. So with the NFL, Thanksgiving morning, the Packers beat the Lions. Because, as I like to put it, Detroit Detroit it all over Thanksgiving. They haven't won on Thanksgiving Day in forever. Now, for Vikings fans, because they're tied into this, that's supposed to be good news because you're chasing Detroit in the division. So for them to lose is not necessarily a bad thing. But there is this Green Bay Packer team kind of rising from the dead. And if there's one thing that Vikings fans don't like, it's Green Bay having hope because they're used to winning. So buy or sell, Detroit losing Thursday as a Vikings fan was a good thing. Sell, um, because 
I was sitting there with my brother-in-law watching this game, and he's going, oh, thank goodness Green Bay won. And I'm like, ah, I don't think I can say that. Um, and Detroit's been bad for a long time, so the fact that they go ahead and, and, and win is a good thing. And I, you, when you hit, when you said Vikings fans don't want to see the ghost of Green Bay past, yeah, I'm probably one of those guys. So I don't think it was a good thing I'm selling that one, Brian. I'm 100% with you because I'm one of those as well that – Saying, boy, I hope Green Bay wins or thank goodness they won is a very awkward kind of blasphemous statement for me. Now, I will admit to doing it at the deck to know my audience because there were people that came in in Packer t-shirts or Packer hats. And I went, hey, big day for your squad. Trying to be the nice guy on Thanksgiving. And in my head, I'm going, what did you just say? (laughs) And why are you wearing that? (laughs) Right. But at the same time, I think the reality is this Vikings team is not catching Detroit. Right. Now, maybe that Denver game kind of put that nail in that coffin because had they beaten a Broncos team that is better but not very good, they would have had a chance because you'd be that much closer in the standings and you've still got Detroit twice. You still have Detroit twice, but you've got to beat them both and get help. The help you got from the Packers isn't necessarily hope at all. Uh, yeah, not at all. Although, although, if Green Bay put something on tape that nobody quite noticed about what Detroit does. That is a blueprint of how to beat the yes, Honolulu maybe Yes, maybe you get that blueprint and like you said, the Vikings got them twice. It will be interesting because Green Bay in the playoffs nauseates me, and it's it's an idea. Dave Sinekin, big surprise, was was telling us all how it's going to happen, right? And and if they're there, it means Jordan Love took a step, and we don't want that. We want Packer fans to feel the pain of not good quarterbacking. Of not having a quarterback. But if he takes the step, we're just going to throw our hands in the air and say, here we go again. Well, and that's the question, too, because Detroit Detroited, like I said, they they fell short of expectations as soon as they got them. That can't be new for any seasoned Lions fan. Now, personnel-wise, this Detroit group isn't used to winning. Personnel-wise, this Green Bay group, you can argue, isn't used to winning either. The difference is the fan bases are used to very different life. Green Bay fans lap a luxury, especially at the quarterback position. Detroit, woe is me, that's more woeful than the Vikings. Is that really what concerns us? The Green Bay Packers as a team don't really know how to win. Their fans do. Is it the fact that their fans are rising from the dead too? No, but they have, Green Bay has enough players left from when they were okay and, and in the playoffs because they were Green Bay that, that they do have guys that win. Frankly, what you said about Detroit is true. You know who they need? They need Mike Conley, except the football guy, to come in, whoever football Mike Conley is, right. to come in and say, guys, we're a good basketball team, football team in this case. Let's just play our game. Yeah, unfortunately for Detroit fans, they're thinking they did play their game. That's what they do every Thanksgiving. Another disappointing <laughs> Thursday. For the Lions All fans. Right. All right, one down, three to go. Yep, we're going to go Twins. We're going, wait, we're going to go Major Leagues. All right, so Major League Baseball, because this involves a former twin. Now, the latest Hall of Fame ballot is out, and if you want my honest opinion, Major League Baseball might be better served to take nobody this year. So maybe that gives my opinion uh, away. Beltre belongs. Okay. But buy or sell, because Mr. Mauer is going to be the subject of debate, buy or sell that he's a first ballot Hall no, of Famer. there's no debate. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, we were texting back and forth about this before. Thurman Munson is not a Hall of Famer. His batting average isn't as good as Joe Mauer's, right? but he was Rookie of the Year. He has a uh, World Series. He was considered the best catcher of his time. He died early, so they played almost the same amount of time as catcher. Right. And he was a New York Yankee. Joe Mauer is going to be a Hall of Famer. But let's just hold I was going to say, Harold Baines took care of that suspense. Let's hold the reins back on first ballot. On first ballot. Uh, And I will say this until I pass. Jorge Posada gets screwed because he never played DH, and so he didn't just 
get to stack additional offensive numbers because people say bad catcher. Well, you know what? Bad catcher beats DH who couldn't play a position, right? right? Shouldn't it? If you factor in the number of games somebody and played at catcher, AJ Brzezinski deserves a look. Now, he's not a Hall of Famer at all, but if you look at number of games behind the plate, he was a bad catcher, but he did fine back there for a long Jorge time. Jorge Posada has all these rings right. and has very good numbers, but he was considered a mediocre catcher, and all these guys that were DHs that couldn't play the field right. are in the HOF because they got hit. Jorge Posada gets screwed because he continued to play catcher. Well, the thing that baffles me, because I've seen this all over social media, and it's from all the Bobos that think Joe Maurer is going to be in in a few months, and, and maybe he will. You know, we don't know what the vote's going to be like. If I had a vote, it's a no for Joe Maurer on ballot number one. It's a yes for Hall of Fame in some point of his career. But I've seen the breakdown of Yadier Molina versus Joe Maurer and all these categories that Joe Maurer is supposedly superior in. But you're comparing 920 games to upwards of 2,000. So if you're going to do it that unfairly by position, why not compare Craig Biggio with Joe Maurer? Craig Bezio caught like 550, 580 games in his career behind the plate. Nobody thinks of him as a catcher, but he put up great numbers and he caught half as much as Joe. That's what you're doing with Molina versus Joe. Yeah, that's a bad comparison. Yachty, it is. Yadier Molina is also considered one of the greatest defensive catchers of Correct. all time. And so, yeah, he played twice as long and he was a better catcher. Now he's not as good a hitter catcher. But he wasn't a he wasn't a you know a liability right. there either. So if you're going to compare, he's Biggio, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Correct. So if you're going to compare Biggio, who's in already, to Mauer, you're going to say, well, how come Joe Mauer didn't steal 300 bases in his career? Because Biggio did, but Biggio caught for a blink. But in the grand scheme, so did Joe compared to yeah, Molina. And Joe's game wasn't speed. Right. And so but that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's blasphemous because you're not apples to apples. You're just right. you're just taking a position and comparing them that way. I heard something really interesting. Is Joe Mauer the position player of Sandy Koufax because Sandy Koufax was really good, but don't blink the best pitcher for about five years. Yeah. Maybe not even that long. And Joe Maurer was uh, the best catcher maybe of all time right. for three years. And so is he a hall of famer? Yes. Does he belong in the same breath with Adrian Beltre uh, for this one? No, no, he's not. So there's zero question he gets in, but it shouldn't be on ballot one. And he was great. But it was very short. Correct. He is a Hall of Famer. He is. If he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, we're going to have the Harold Baines conversation about Joe Maurer. He did things as a catcher that nobody's done. And if he had remained a catcher for the whole career, the dip would have been understandable as well. Absolutely. If he was a, this is my whole Jorge Posada argument, Right. right? Because he played so long at catcher, his numbers and considered a bad catcher, he isn't going to get in. If Joe played catcher and had the offensive fall that he had we would say yeah he was a great catcher for a few years but man he was not a good catcher at the end blah 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 and maybe he's a guy that gets in in the seventh ballot rather than the guy who we saw play catcher as a great catcher and then he had to shift because of an injury right and so he's a hall of famer he's just not i i pray he's not a first ballot hall of famer i'm with you so two down two to go where are we going we are gonna go with the nhl do you see that all right got nhl didn't say wild All right, so the NHL, we are looking at a bad wild team right now. We are looking at a terrible wild team, to be honest with you. Now, they're losing close games or they're losing in overtime, which the NHL somehow rewards you for losing in overtime. The Timberwolves, for a long time, were really bad. You said tongue-in-cheek earlier today, 30 out of 35 seasons have basically been bad. I remember some of those horrific seasons where the Timberwolves' marketing department took it upon themselves 
to basically promote the opponents. And that's why people came out to watch because you could see Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron, etc. And oh, by the way, the Timberwolves are playing too. Are the Minnesota Wild going to reach that point where the X is going to fill up but not to watch us? No, I don't think so. I think this is um, a year that is just not the right year, but I think it's a year. I don't think this is a, a trend. I don't think this is a pattern. I mean, look at the guys who aren't producing this year. Here's the thing. This year might cost Dean Evison his job. Yeah. Um, it might, That's the one I wanted to give you, that buy or sell, he's there in March. But. Uh, buy or sell, he's there December or uh, January 1st. Right. Um, but the... Well, if he's Mike Yo, that's right around when he has his tirade, and we'll see what happens. Right, and is that too far <laughs> yeah. away? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, next year they're going to have a different goalie, and if they're bad, they'll have that different goalie this year, so he'll get some playing time. You know, they're, they're going to have to cycle some players through which will help when their when their money gets alleviated, when the money problem gets alleviated. Right. So I think this is a blip. I don't think this is a trend. If it's a trend, then yes, they're gonna Logan Cooley's coming back with the Arizona Cardinals or Arizona whatever they are. They're the Coyotes. Coyotes. Yes. yes. I think you're right. I don't think the marketing department will ever take that route because in this state they shouldn't have to. I mean, I still think the unconditional love is a thing. Now I'll tell you this, just because the marketing department doesn't do it doesn't mean that fans won't do it as well. Here's what I wish, though, because this will be Brian Prudhomme and Dave Cook doing the thing they do every show on the Northland Sports pages. I wish that fans would like both sports enough yes. to realize that when the Wild aren't very good, the Wolves are. And whether it's you know flipping your TV channel or flipping sides of the cities to go to an arena, that you'd support the Minnesota Timberwolves. I've been successful with one person. My brother-in-law was watching the Timberwolves the other day, and he said, yeah, these guys are pretty good. Two weeks ago, he said, I haven't watched Timberwolves right. in about 10 years. And so we've got a guy. And so if I think if we have one, I think other people should give him a try. I think it must be something with brothers-in-law because I did the same thing. My brother-in-law has wild season tickets and said, I will not be renewing, which I get it. But part of me says, well, wait till the purse strings are different and you might enjoy having them again. But he said, you know, I just normally don't watch the Timberwolves, but I started because of you. It was one of those, (laughs) I learned it by watching you and I hope he's enjoying it. Now, last night, notwithstanding. Absolutely, absolutely. So Speaking of the Wolves, they're in the NBA. We close with that let's one. Let's close with the NBA, Brian. And it is with the Wolves, and we really got to get going. We're behind schedule by a good chunk. Oh, sorry, Ted. But for the NBA, I probably opened Pandora's box here, so it's a bad one to go last. But the Timberwolves are better than expected, and we expected pretty good. Carl Anthony Towns has been a problem for a couple of years. He's not right now. Buy or sell, do we owe Cat an apology? Uh, sort of the difference is is that cat is not the number one player remember what we said about wiggins is when you took him out of being the dog and you put him as the fourth option he turned out to be pretty good now that cat can just be the the um the drink and not the straw i think he's been pretty good there's pressures off him i wrestled with this because part of me thought well no because you know two weeks of good games doesn't compensate for two years of my gosh you're a headache to watch But then I thought about what we've all been told, and to some extent we know that in his personal life he's been through hell and back. And maybe he's just recovered from that and gets to just be a basketball player. And I don't mean that derogatory, just a basketball player, but gets to actually focus on his job, and he's that much better at it. I don't know if we owe him an apology, but I think we can be a lot less rushed to get him out of town. I agree with that, Brian. And and I think having Conley and Gobert, who are professionals, pull him aside and saying, hey, you're acting like an eight-year-old probably carries a little bit more weight. Right. So we talked about historic thankfuls earlier. When we talked about the Wild, what I wanted to say was, thank you for being an alternative to the Timberwolves for so many horrific winters. 
when the Timberwolves were nothing. The roles are reversed. They are. Let's enjoy it for the moment. Absolutely. We say goodbye a little bit late to hour number one. Hour two is next. Ted Keefit of Rails TV. We'll be simulcasting with them today. Stick around. We'll be right back.